Hello, and welcome once again to the weekly inebriated scriptural exegesis and source study, or wise-ass. The drunkest Bible study in all of Oklahoma County, and possibly the only one that takes the Bible exactly as seriously as it deserves. <laughs> Today on the show, we're going to be covering the Book of Psalms. Enjoy! Okay, so what are you guys drinking tonight? The Otter Creek Black IPA. Dark, dark, dark. Nice. Pretty bitter, actually. And tell us uh, one thing having to do with you and drama. See, last time we did music during uh, Job, which was wrong, because we should do music oh. during Psalms. And so now this week <laughs> we're going to do drama. It all it all makes perfect sense. We're um, In high school I made 30 minutes of animated movies about Roman people. The first one is called Miltus the Slave. And is it on YouTube now? No. Damn it. Yeah. <laughs> Should be. That's a fail. <laughs> was it about the Roman people like living their lives, or was it like a drama? Yeah. Like the first one is about a slave. Second one was about a gladiator. No. Third one was about a gladiator. Did you do all the actual animations yourself? Yeah. Well, I did it with a friend, and I did some with my brother, but. I didn't, and I did the fourth one myself. Oh, that is so cool. Was it, was it a school project or just for fun? Yeah, no, for Latin class. Wow, Chaz, did you any, do anything like that for Latin class? No, but we watched like Claudius. Oh, well. That counts for something. They were like. <laughs> they were fully lip synced. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> that That's rules. Great. That totally rules. That's- these have really got to make their way to YouTube. Yes, they seriously do. Oh, look, I think I have one of them on CD. I don't really know. I'd be happy to convert it and post it up for you. <laughs> oh, and Yoda was in them. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> of course. Okay, Chaz, what are you drinking? And what is your dramatic, you know, tidbit? Okay, I'm drinking an old-style light and uh, out of a nice. can. Old-style yeah. comes in light? Hell yes, it does. <laughs> Weird. But only in 24 packs here, so... Gotta commit. <laughs> you gotta commit, yeah. Um, and my drama, uh, I don't know, I uh, had a monologue when I was in middle school and I got chosen to do that in front of a bunch of people, so... Ooh, that's scary when you're in middle yeah, school. Yeah, it was real scary. So, Jason? I'm drinking a Smoke Signal Smoked Porter from the Swamphead Brewery here in Gainesville. It's nice. delicious. It's like drinking alcoholic barbecue. <laughs> I was about to ask, does it really taste like smoked? It does. They smoke the malted barley before they brew it. Oh my cool. god. Wow. And uh, drama-wise, I was in Any Get Your Gun and The Diary of Anne Frank in high school. Hey, hey that's cool. A fun play yeah. and a really, really depressing play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you get to All be right. a Nazi at least? No, I was the guy that hid them. Oh. So I survived. Well, Jason, you also played a dramatic role as a uh, skeptic at a Christian college. <laughs> well, uh, eventually. Eventually, yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Ugh, don't remind me. <laughs> uh, for me, this evening I'm drinking a Titan IPA from the Great Divide. And as far as drama goes, um, I did competitive drama and debate in high school. Competitive I, drama? There's, yeah, there's competitive drama. 
Yeah, they would do, like, you had to do, like, a monologue, or they would have humorous duets, or... Weird. Try to out-Shakespeare really? them? I don't know. No, you would have, you would find, like, if you did monologue, then you would have, like, two pieces that you'd picked, and then you would have to, like, perform them in front of judges, and then they would score you, and then, like... And the same thing, if you had, like, a humorous duet, then it would be you and one other person. And you would find, like, uh, you know, like a Monty Python script or something. And you would perform it. And then they would they'd, they'd perform it in front of judges and whoever else. And they would score it. And then, so. That sounds cool. Yeah, it's fun. I, I was much more in to, to the debate side of it. I think I ended up doing drama just because somebody needed a partner, you know. <laughs> what are you drinking? I'm drinking... Battered Boar Brewing Company Coconut Cream Stout, brewed right here in Oklahoma City. And it is thick and creamy and dark. It is very thick. And Oh, you've had it? I have. Yeah. I, I, uh, I approve. It's not my favorite cream stout ever, but I'm enjoying it. And it is, you know, by local and all that stuff. And my dramatic incident is uh, I once stage managed a production of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And... Um, while running backstage in semi-darkness, split my head open and had to get stitches. Spent the entire second half of the show holding a a bunch of paper towels to my head. (laughs) And bleeding a lot. The show must go on. It it had to, yeah. So yeah, so Psalms. (laughs) Were we going to begin with, like, general information? Yeah, I guess we could do that, like, the types of Psalms and how it's kind of put together. I guess we already kind of mentioned that it was not really... Is there was this the Deuteronomic source or the or is there a source that they pin it on? Like who actually compiled Psalms? I guess I'm that's what I'm trying to say. Does anybody know? <laughs> I don't Wikipedia. think anyone. I think it was gradual. They just kind of like accumulated okay. like right. White on rice. I don't know. No. <laughs> so you're saying like perhaps there was a book of Psalms. And or a, a book of songs that then they, whenever they had other ones, they just kind of attached them there. Yeah. Stuck them all together. Eventually it was this big 150 chapter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's divided into five books. Um, and interestingly, the second and third books um, are Yahwehist. They usually refer to God as Yahweh. In the okay. first, um, fourth, and fifth, usually use the word Elohim. And there's actually this one psalm that appears, one psalm appears twice, um, and the second time, the first time it says, it uses Yahweh, the second time it uses Elohim. So they think that um, the second or third books um, went under a revision process where they replaced Yahweh with Elohim. Just a find and replace command. Yeah. <laughs> they wrote a script. <laughs> None of them so, say Elo Yahwehim, do they? None of it says Elo Yahwehim. <laughs> My questions are if there was some sort of, like, they just kept sticking psalms together and then eventually it was like, oh, crap. This is getting kind of big. We've got to separate it into another book. Yeah, it's hard to know. There's been some scholarly debate on the subject. I would say reading it at face value, I, I think it's just randomly divided. I think they just kind of jammed them together, but I am not a scholar, so yeah. Two and three are um, they're Elohis, but it's it's by no means like absolute. There's 
there's a, a couple of Yahwehs sneak in near the end. And I think it's considered the um the earliest ones are in the first books. Um but I don't know. I thought like it got really boring after like a hundred. They were it was just mostly lament. I think like the third book was like the most interesting, but Hmm. I yeah, uh, I I thought this wait. Right around the seventies and eighties mm-hmm. is when I was most intrigued. Uh, but I don't know. I don't know what book I was in because I was just doing them in blocks of fifty on MP3 yeah. and trying yeah. not to fall asleep and kill myself. That's the, up- that's the upside of going seventy in a small car. Is there's at least the element of danger to keep you awake. <laughs> Paul, did you ever get into Christian punk oh, yes. rock when you were a kid? Oh, you, you didn't wow. listen to I'm gonna have dog? to Google that now. They're like the super leftist Christians. Oh, see, that's probably like why I didn't hear them. <laughs> they live in like a, a commune in Chicago. With, like, the Jesus people did not go away. They just mutated. I see. Mm. Yeah, sorry. I, I thought I might leave that in because it's relevant to music, right? right? Psalms are <laughs> They're doing psalms of complaint, by the way. They're, they're, most of their songs uh, are, are uh, individual and collective laments. If you ever go through the Crash Dog lyrics, you can see that they're... Anyway. <laughs> they're laments. Oh, our society sucks. God, won't you bring down curses upon it? That sort of thing. That, that's exactly what I think. Whatever so society like, sucks. There's imprecatory punk. <laughs> imprecatory? Uh, most of punk is imprecatory. No, imprecatory is somatic punk. Oh, God. Okay. So, let's do some psalms. Uh, 48. Let's start with 48. So this is the lowest number I'm seeing right now. Works for me. Okay. 48. Um, how does It's identified by mine as a, um, a hymn. What's your say? It is a hymn, and it's the subcategory Songs of Zion. Ah, yes. Because it's, you know, praise, it, it's, it's basically praising uh, Yahweh by praising Jerusalem. Isn't Zion like the hill that the temple is built on? Why do you ask these factual questions that I don't know the answer to? I don't it's know. Embarrassing. I think that's right. That's what I think, but I'm not... I think the Temple Mount's called Mount Zion. Because it's, I mean, eventually it just became a general word for... Oh, it, it, it originally came to designate the area of Jerusalem where the fortresses stood, and then later became a metonym for Solomon's Temple, the hill, and then it was the city, then it was the temple, then it was Jerusalem, and then it became generally the promised land. Sure. It seems to get broader over time. <laughs> And now the Rastafarians use it to refer to, I think, Africa. All of Africa. Really? Yeah. In Zion's a she. Wow. Mount Zion. Oh, is it? Looks well, like saw a her and we're astounded. It's awfully pointy for a she. <laughs> yeah, landscape, female landscape is usually caves and valleys and such. Yeah, that's <laughs> kind of how I thought of it, but, you know. Maybe it's got two mountains. Maybe. Hmm. Everywhere I look, something reminds me of her. <laughs> uh, so, do we have any more comments on forty-eight? Anything specific? Oh. You yeah, talk yeah, about? yeah. Of course. Oh, um, good, good, good. <clears throat> yeah, the the thing is, um, in verse two, it refers to um, in my translation, fair and lofty, the joy of the whole earth is Zion's hill, like the farthest reaches of the north, the hill of the great king's city. The word translated as north in KJV. Actually, um, it's Zafan. It refers to the mountain that was basically Baal's Mount Olympus. So this passage is basically it's comparing God to Baal by comparing Jerusalem to um, Mount, Mount Zaphon. And that's in 48 too? Yeah. 
Wow. The KJV just translated as north for some reason. So what's the, what's the word we're talking about here? Is it uh, Safon? Safon, yeah. Okay, and that that's Strong's H six six eight two eight. Uh, <laughs> which the the blue letter in cis has nothing to do with ball. Really? Yeah. My new international footnote says Zafon can refer to a sacred mountain or the direction north. Mm. I'm I'm looking at all the instances of this Hebrew word in the OT, and it's always north side, northward. <coughs> oh, it can, it can mean north. It always means north. Well, according to the people that translated the Bible, it always means north. Well, it was probably kind of like the North Mountain back then. I'm not seeing any any time that it's translated to to actually mean the mountain. Well, I don't think they would. So maybe for them, the mountain is like just you know it is well to the north, so everything. Yeah, I swear. When the Psalms, there's a list of like four mountains, like one in each cardinal direction. I wish I knew what one though. But... Well, now see, God, see now you've done it again. You make me have to like Sorry. do research in the middle of the show. Okay, let's see. Let's see how many times it shows up in Psalms. It shows up in three times in Psalms. Once in Psalm 48, which we're talking about right now. And then again in Psalm 89, uh, Tabor and Hermon, who are they? Yeah, the north and south thou hast created them, Tabor and Hermon. That's, um... So you're saying those should all be proper place names, not just the last two? Yeah. Because Tabor is a mountain. And and Hermon, Her, Hermon is not just a guy I know, it's a mountain on the northeastern border of Palestine. It was a brutal reading assignment, by the way. <laughs> well, I didn't say you had to read the whole thing. <laughs> the message I got said we had to do the whole thing. Well, I said we're gonna. Well, we're gonna cover the whole thing. Uh, I mean, I did. But... You had to at least skim it to know what you wanted to talk about. Yeah, you had to at least get enough of it to where you're like, "Ooh, this is interesting." Yeah. Well, I definitely sensed a couple of themes: fear <laughs> and loathing. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerusalem. And God is so good. I love God. Uh... Yeah, I thought it was interesting that there were so many psalms about if your heart is right with God and you love God, then all of these blessings and the blessed people walk in the way of the Lord or whatever. And then the other half of the psalm, or then there were also so many psalms, often intertwined with them, that were, oh my God, my life sucks. Yeah, <laughs> the emo psalms. You know, I thought that was kind of bizarre. Right, it's like, how, how if, if the upright are blessed, then why does your life suck so much? Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's almost as if it's not really all just one author. <laughs> well, I mean, even the Davidic Psalms, you know. Well, that's crazy talk. Right, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, no, but they're they're often, I mean, within the same psalm. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. In a certain, in Psalms of Lament, what you do is you, you, you say, oh, this is so terrible, this is so awful, these things are terrible. And then at the end you say, but God, I just know you're going to come through for us. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> That's like how you do a psalm of lament. You gotta end on this up note where you're saying, oh, okay, God, you're gonna magnify your name, right? You're not gonna let your name go besmirched among the peoples, right? Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick, God. They brought that up a lot. Oh, do you have anything more to say about Psalm 48, Abby? That's about it. If you look up other translations, um, those four cities are sometimes translated. Well, I forgot the other one we had turned to, but... Um, I believe it was Psalm 89. Yeah. Uh, so um, 89 verse 12. Four, the four things mentioned there, um, they could all be four different mountains. So it would seem. One's in Turkey. That's all I got in 48. So what, what book is this a part of, Psalm 48? What book? Yeah. The Bible. 
Is it laments? I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, sorry. Do, uh, we already did the genre on it. Um, sorry, didn't we? That. Yeah, it's it's um, a hymn, a song of Zion, and it's it's uh, yeah, there's a song of Zion kind of hymn where they just rain down blessings on Jerusalem. You know, say Jerusalem's so great, and God is your city, and you're great because you know, look, you made your city great, and all that. Woo-hoo. So that's like a, a good example of a hymn and a, a hymn to Zion. That's kind of cool. It, the uh, is it Gordon Cornwell? Is that what it is? Yeah, uh, Conwell. Gordon Conwell. Gordon Conwell Seminary. They had some uh, the one of her psalms. It had some kind of neat songs they played. He played for his students. Oh yeah. You get to listen to. Yeah, yeah. I wish that. God, I wish I could. I, it could rhyme in English. Yeah. I think I actually I have a point to make here. If poetry is what's lost in translation, then what we're doing here is it's not just trying to read through a hymnal without the notes, but we're we're, we're kind of missing what makes it poetic and beautiful because we're not reading it in Hebrew. Right. Yeah. To whatever extent it was beautiful in the original, we're not getting that. We're just getting like awkward translations of it minus the notes and minus the timbrels and all the different instruments and everything. It's a very stripped down experience. That's that actually last time I talked about 29, which they think might have been about Baal, and one I found out that one of the reasons they think that is that if you substitute Yahweh with the word Baal, it flows a lot nicer. So kind of like the whole Saul thing at, at the beginning of the book of Samuel. Oh, yeah. I mean, a little bit more ambiguous, cause, but it's, it is kind of neat that they're using, like, the poetic, like, the medium of poetry to figure that out. The intrinsic properties of, I don't know, poetry. So it'll be like, oh, look at the God who rules us all. We love our God. His name is Yahweh. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't work. It doesn't rhyme at all. <laughs> has that feeling of like when Chef was being dubbed in now I've got like you know Mothra in my head <laughs> now, now I can't read this without seeing like Japanese people's mouths moving that aren't <laughs> you know I, I can't close my eyes without seeing that so you're ahead of me <laughs> every night I go to sleep nightmares of Japanese mouths Godzilla crushing Tokyo in the background. Oh, oh no, that's not what I was thinking. Uh, where are we? Uh, are we on Psalm sixty-nine, dude? Yes, is that right? Except I didn't nominate that. Well, what did you nominate then, dude? Come on! I said I didn't nominate any. Well, you're kind of you're kind of hanging us out to dry here, man. Come on, you got you got to give us something. You want to borrow? You want to borrow one hundred one hundred four or one thirty-seven? <laughs> sure, I can. I'll borrow 137. Redistribute the wealth. I think I think Chaz is next with 74. 74. Okay, pass the buck. All right. All right. Let me uh, uh, hook you guys up with the uh, genre studies in that one. This is a prototypical psalm of complaint or lament. It is a com- communal complaint psalm. You know, which which has the general form of you call upon Yahweh. And then you lament over the misfortune of your community. Oh, Israel has been taken over by these horrible people. And, and then you do supplications and petitions to Yahweh to make the misfortunes into happy. Yeah, there were a lot of those. But this one had some pretty good imagery, I thought. Uh, especially when he starts uh, destroying mythical beasts. When, when they tell God that 
How great are you? You've killed uh, Leviathan. I'm trying to find it. Mm, 14. Verse 14. Yeah. That breakest the heads of Leviathan in mm. pieces and gavest him to be meat to the people inhabiting the wilderness. Yum. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Leviathan burgers. I had a <laughs> buffalo burger today and it wasn't as good as Leviathan. Like Brontosaurus <laughs> burgers? <laughs> he also breakest the heads um, of the dragons in the waters. Ooh, did he feed the dragons to anybody? No. They didn't, they didn't no. say so, but you wouldn't let that go to waste, so. Oh. Someone ate it. Choice dragon meat. Um, that's some, that is some good imagery, and that that fits upon the um, the, <laughs> the the fourth element of a communal complaint song psalm is uh, there's there's verses that are aimed to excite confidence or to move Yahweh to action. So it's like you basically say, <laughs> Yahweh, you're such a badass. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it's it's gonna be great when you come and and you rescue us from this horrible uh, plight. And um, and by the way, look look how great you are. You Breakest the heads of dragons. I just had like a an mm. image of him feeding brains to everybody. Just <laughs> breakest the heads and then and then fed everybody. Like Ooh. I know they meant the meat, but hmm. It'd be a big brain. It could feed a lot of people. I'm sure. I had a thought. Are they actually allowed to eat under? Like oh yeah, dragons kosher. They're law. Yeah. <laughs> okay. They don't have clothes. Well, I meant specifically the head. I I thought specifically the head. <laughs> Are they allowed to eat the head of a... Maybe not. I never did look it up, but I did have that thought when I listened to it. I guess if God gives it to you, then you eat it. Can you you cook a dragon in its mother's milk? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that dragons breastfed. (laughs) That too. They're mythical. They can do anything. That's true. So, uh, Abby, give us the... uh, uh, What's the... uh, Your translation say these things are? Um... Where does it say dragon? Uh, before that, thirteen. Thirteen, yeah. Thirteen. Mine says sea monster. Is that is that tannin by chance? Let me no. look up the Hebrew. Alright. I'm like kind of a tannin kick. And he says oh, dragons yeah, in the waters, so K- KJV does. Yeah, it's tannin. It's tannin. Yeah, tannin and Leviathan were like the old Canaanite monsters. The um. There's, you'll see him a lot. Well, a couple times in the Psalms, God always seems to be killing him. Or I think later he like turns Leviathan into his plaything. So does this have the feeling of an old ball psalm getting uh, repurposed well, again? No, because it's it's later than that. But it's definitely like using that imagery but twisting it kind of. Hmm. I think that's how people think about it. It actually this is my notes say it's dated either um to the 6th century or the 2nd century B.C. Oh, that's quite a... Based, yeah. yeah. Wait, quite a, not, not, nothing, nothing in between? Just one of those two? Well, yeah, because um, it's pretty specific talking about like the destruction of the um, of Jerusalem. It's going to be either the Babylonians or um, the Greek. Like those two times, those are the two times when shit really went down. Well, I like that that they work sea monsters, dragons, and leviathan all into the same two verses. That's it's pretty badass. In the same psalm, we have dragons and leviathan set up as the the bad animals that that need to be destroyed, and we have turtle doves and sheep that are people, I guess. Sheep certainly in the very beginning. 
Yeah, and and yeah, delivering out oh. the soul of thy turtle dove. Yeah, that's the, the psalmist is identifying with the turtle dove, which you know I get that. I mean, who doesn't? Right. So we have nice that we have nasty animals, and then we have nice, sweet animals. Nice clean. Is doves. this one? A, is this one of the first um, references to like sheep as people or people as sheep? I don't know. I don't remember it coming up before. Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> I've got the blue letter. I can do anything. But I can't do it quickly, though. There's so many goddamn references to sheep. 6629. Uh, and it's referenced a lot, but I don't know if, how many times it's used as people. Yeah, uh, there's so many references to sheep in this. It's almost like it was written by a bunch of pastoral herders. <laughs> Weird. You're crazy. Ah, uh, a little bit. So which one are we on? Seven, 78, I think. That's what I thought. Yeah, there was a few things I liked about 78. Um, by the way, 78 is a psalm of confession, which is when they uh, they express their, their national uh, penitence. And they say, you know, oh, we're terrible sinners. Please, we deserve punishment. Please forgive us anyway. And a psalm of confession, of course, it fits under... The uh, general Psalms of Lament category. So it's a, it's a kind of a lament. And what I liked about 78 is not clear to me now, but man, it really <laughs> struck me at the time. See, that's exactly the problem with the ones that I wanted yeah. to nominate. You have <laughs> I to write like, down. Yeah. You do. You have to write down what, what caught your ear because I went back and looked at the ones that I wrote down and I was like, why did I write that down? <laughs> <laughs> this is worthless. I know. This whole book's worthless. Well, I'll, I'll give you that. That's obvious. Yeah. <laughs> I think there are two things that I found interesting about this one. The first one, um, it takes some big slams at um, the tribe of Ephraim. Um, like at verse nine, it's like, oh, all the all the all the bowmen ran. Brave Sir Robin. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it made me. Think of. <laughs> The One of the interesting things about the psalm is that it recaps a lot of Torah history. Yeah, there's a it's couple of those Exodus. psalms. Mm-hmm. Exodus and song. Yeah, it, I'm sure it, it like rhymes and stuff. It'd be kind of cool. And, uh, God, I, I really don't remember why this, this this struck me so much the first time I read it. Uh, I do like the part about smiting the enemies in the hind parts. That's, <laughs> that's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a dirty uh, way to fight, but whatever. Yeah. And the the wrath of God came upon them and slew the fattest of them. Oh. I guess they could <laughs> run fast enough. Hey, that's kind of bigoted. Yeah, the wrath of God looks an awful lot like natural selection. What first is that? It's uh, 31. Yeah, it looks an awful lot like thinning the herd. <laughs> who, who can run away the fastest? Not you, buddy. Well, if you're starving, you're going to eat the fat people first. I was about to say, it almost sounds like they're eating them. What? 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 Maybe that's what struck me about it. Cannibalism. <laughs> they, you know, when they slew the fattest of something, that means the fatted calf or whatever. It just sounds weird to apply it to people. Well, maybe when God sacrificing humans, he has certain standards. He wants, like, the mm. choicest, plumpest humans. Mm. Like, I mean, that is what he said he wanted with the livestock, right? They sl- they, 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 they don't slay the skinny calf, they slay the fatted calf. That's my point. Or maybe so the fat the fat people are hardest to kill and so he's taking care of those. <laughs> the hard ones. 
I like the part about the angels' food. I think it's the first reference in the Bible of angels' food, which is kind of cool. In verse 25. Like mana? Mm. Angels' food. Mm. And corn of heaven. That's pretty sweet. I think maybe it was the imagery that really did it for me in this. God, I wish I'd have written it down. But I couldn't because I was driving. God damn it. I like this verse, 36. Nevertheless, they did flatter him with their mouth. (laughs) That is how I flatter him. him. And they lied unto him with their tongues. Oh, man. I mean, I'm not saying that I I need flattery, but if I'm going to get flattery... (laughs) Better be for your mouth. Yeah, a mouth. Well, and then 32, after it goes through all the stuff that God did, and after he killed a whole bunch of them, for all this, they still sinned. Mm-hmm. That sounds familiar. And believe not for the wondrous works. But because of well, that, that much, it was just everyday occurrences back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just this whole freaking book. Like, this, it, this is so tedious. So, I don't know if anyone else has noticed that this book is really tedious. <laughs> it's been mentioned. <laughs> There's a reason why we're trying to bang it all out in one sitting. This thing would have taken us all month. Fifty chapters. This thing would have taken us all month. Look, all of it. The Bible. Oh yeah. Oh no, but parts of it are, I mean, fairly interesting. I, Hi. I, I mean, parts of it are actually they're telling stories, and it's like, oh, how is how is Esther gonna get away with it? Oh, she's gonna seduce him. You know. Same stories over and over, though. It's like stories about covering feet. See, yeah, that's weird. We've learned We're doing the dirty work. We're sussing out the good parts. We are sussing the out people, the good parts. The people sin, they get it wrong, they never do it right, they're always fucking it up, and it's like, and then God has to deal, and he's like, ah, these people, I don't understand, and, and then they do it again, and it's like, oh my god, just get it together, guys. But he always finds a new way to, to like, screw with them. Like, first he drowns them all, and he swears I'll never drown them again. And then he's like, okay, now I'm going to send plagues. And, you know, he always finds some creative new way to fuck with people. Right. And that's what now makes him God. So they always go back to their no abusive problem. husband. <laughs> they really do. He loves me. He really loves me. <laughs> you don't yeah. understand. This is you don't so understand. My clothes are at his house. <laughs> that's what a lamp- lament is, pretty much. This is the worst protection racket ever. <laughs> it's an invisible protection racket. I mean, the priests are saying God will protect you if you're just righteous enough. Yeah, right. you, wouldn't, you wouldn't want an accident to happen. Well, when that accident kills like 10,000 people. You know, it, it, is, it is a lot like a protection racket, except that a real protection racket actually provides some protection. <laughs> like, a, 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 like a protection racket is actually not a scam by comparison to a priestly protection racket where they're saying pray to God and he'll keep you safe oh wait you weren't righteous enough you lose yeah oh it didn't work that give time. us your money we'll pray for you well apparently you didn't pray hard enough it was worse in the old days because you, you had to feed the priests totally yeah, we, we they went... just the sacrifice right. was just a big scam so that they would get fed. Yeah, we went through that in some detail earlier. How much, how much the uh, the sacrifice program is basically a uh, a fresh hot meals program for the priests. Mm. Well, now we're just feeding them with tax breaks. Yeah. Yes, they are still subsidized. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. Anyway, sorry, I had to get that out. No, I hear you. I feel your pain. But you've got to look to the good bits, and we're getting, we're coming up with some really good bits in Proverbs, which we'll be doing in a few weeks. I'm excited about Proverbs. Loads of diamonds in that dong. 
Remember, remember how positive I was about Ruth. Ah, I like Esther too. Yeah, there's, some, there's some good. Because some... they never talked about God and Esther. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Or Ruth. <laughs> Plus, they also have like that whole drunken festival thing, which was fantastic. <laughs> I, I love I love any book that friends telling me about that and how awesome it is. Yep, we we covered that. You might not remember it because you were celebrating appropriately. <laughs> okay, let's move on. You're taking part. So in, I can't I, I can't oh. I can't not think of anything good to say about uh, 80, 78. So. Wait, Abby has things to say. Eighty two. Seventy eight. Um. Eighty two. Wait. Abby says, yep, yep. Oh. No, um, no, I'll skip it. Okay. It was really esoteric. It wouldn't make any sense. Oh, I believe you. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 82? That's a good short one. Okay. Yeah, is a short one, but it's really interesting. Um, It's one of the very few. It, I think only, like, two or three that, um, have a very strong Canaanite influence. Um, this seems to be, they're taking the Canaanite mythos and they're, um, like, they're retconning it to um, explain Yahweh's place in the galaxy. If, oh, I have the KJV pulled up because I don't want to confuse anyone reading a different translation. Yeah, it says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judgeth among the gods. Oh, there's a okay. Yeah, it's the um, it's the Canaanite pantheon of all the the second tier deities, and he's like, "Oh, you guys aren't being communist enough, um, <laughs> so you're all going to die." That's basically all he says. It's pretty simple. Um, and then it says, "You're all the sons of a high god," which is a epithet that's occurred before, um, referring to. I think they believe that this is Yahweh referring to God, because Yahweh is on this second tier of deities. And so this is Yahweh just standing up and saying, okay, you guys, you're done. I'm taking over the court. And the last verse is, uh, it's not said by Yahweh, it's to Yahweh. And it's saying, okay, God, meaning Yahweh. Um, all the other gods are failing, so it's your turn to rise up and judge the earth. So that's how some people interpret it. So this is where God makes the pencil disappear? What? <laughs> I didn't get that either. Joker takes over the uh, crime in Gotham and makes the pencil disappear? <laughs> is this the one with Heath Ledger, or is this the different one? The Heath Ledger one. I don't have to explain it. Ever, ever notice that Heath Ledger looks a lot like legendary English fly half Johnny Wilkinson? <laughs> Moving on. So, Abby... Mm-hmm. You said in eighty two eight referred to Yahweh. On blue letter, it actually has that as Elohim. Was that just? Oh that? yeah, yeah. It says Elohim, okay. but um, it means Yahweh. Right. Because okay. I mean, that's how they're interpreting it. Um, right. Well, I was just because at the beginning we were talking about how there were there were the Elohim psalms and then like yeah, Yahweh. Yes. Okay. Is this part? Is this? Are we still in chapter three or book three? No. Yeah, we are still in book three, so there, that re- heightens the possibility that the Yahwehs were changed to Elohim. 
I mean, it doesn't prove it by any means, but... Um, Let's see. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, there's the implication of um, polytheism, because there's more than one god, and they're all, you know... I think it's... You can see a lot, like, just the general idea that each nation has its own deity. That's how they thought mm-hmm. of things. And this is, like, someone who was probably just a plain Yahweh is saying, trying to explain why Yahweh was, like, the god on top, because he was, he took over the, the court. I have to say, it, it also says that he may judge the earth, and I did a little bit of research on judge in that sense, and it's somewhat <laughs> ambiguous as to whether or not it is actually, like, judge as in, you know, you're right or you're wrong, or you know, he's coming down to actually determine the fate of the earth as in so much as mm-hmm. judge as in, you know, the judges as in just to rule the earth because the word is used both ways. Oh, yeah. So the actual Hebrew word is used both ways. So there's not any. It's used that that I believe it's strong 8199 is used a few times throughout Psalms that I noted and I was like. I wonder what they're actually... You know, like, even at the beginning of, of Psalms 82, it says, of the mighty, that he judges among, judgeth among mm-hmm. the gods. And it's like, I wonder what that means. Like, is he going to say, okay, this god's okay and this one's not, or is he actually going to rule <laughs> over them? But yeah, it goes back and forth. That's kind of the way you want to... He teaches them how to split their babies. Yeah. Where <laughs> <laughs> is it? Oh... This the similar setup um, is described in Deuteronomy thirty-two eight to nine, without um, this kind of new explanation for it. But you don't don't turn there. We'll just leave that as a fun factoid. <laughs> just leave that one hanging out there, like Anthony Weiner. <laughs> Still works. I can't. <laughs> No, I would just tell people it was pronounced Weiner. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like the Koch brothers are like, no, really, it's Coke. It's cock. (laughs) It's not cock. It's it's cock. It's cock. The Koch brothers. Anyone who says differently is selling something. The Cockness brothers. Yeah. It's like, yeah. No one's ever heard of of Loch Ness. (laughs) Loch Ness? Lockness and it's the Cock Brothers. I wonder how far you can stretch that. If you can just make up a completely different pronunciation, just say, "Oh, it's my own orthography." Yeah. It's pronounced R E I N H A R D T. It's pronounced Jones. Yeah. Language is just a social construct. Totally, it's completely arbitrary. Squiggly lines. I want to go back to Psalm 69, dude. Can we do that? You're going to take it? I, I, I am. Uh, because... See, I even glanced over it, and I was like, yeah. It has some Psalm, really good Psalm stuff what? in it. Psalm 69, it's... Okay. What, yeah, hold on, hear me out. Oh, there's one line I like. We'll see. There's several lines that I like, because in addition to being a psalm of lament, it has some major imprecatory shit going on in there. Uh, like verses 22, 23, 24, uh, 25. Uh, he's basically saying, my enemies did these horrible things to me. They're all before thee. Please do.
do horrible things to them. <laughs> uh, you know, let their table become a snare. Let their, their loins shake. Yes, I, I love that line. Make their loins continually to shake, which I'm pretty sure is some sort of dysentery. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, fierceness of thine anger and all that stuff. So he's calling down these curses. So, once again, the psalms of, of lamentation turn into these psalms of imprecation. He's saying, you know, uh, life is hard. Please, God, curse my enemies. Which is cool and horrible. I like that he's the, um, verse 12, he's the song of the drunkards. Just like picture the, the drunk Israelite sitting by the gate. What are they, what are they singing? They're just, like, making fun of him? Drunkards do that, you know. <laughs> There's some pretty cool stuff in there, too. There's yeah, that thing where you slam your beer down and the stuff spoozes. Spoozes? <laughs> Yikes. Your beer explode? I know what you're talking about. It gets all fizzy and, and shoots out the top. This is where I avoid any sexual reference, because I wouldn't do that. It's <laughs> not your style. Not my style. That would be unseemly. It instantly. It would not be comely of me. <laughs> I regretted the choice of words. <laughs> Language is a social construct, and it just happened. <laughs> I feel like the Christians that I know would not say that they are allowed to pray for bad things to happen to people they don't like. Oh, like the, I'm so glad you brought that up because there is a debate about this in the seminaries about whether this is okay. Yeah. About whether imprecatory prayers are like, if they're not acceptable now, when did they become unacceptable? If it was okay for David to say them, and and it, not just okay, but like they were so good that they were like written down for all time as inspired scripture, right? Yeah, they're pretty specific, <laughs> like loin smiting. You know. Oh, it gets worse. We're gonna get to uh, one hundred nine eventually. We're gonna get the ultimate sure. hardcore imprec- imprecations. Oh. Put out that one thirty seven is a great one. We'll get to. I think. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty yeah, I'm cool. taking that one. I think my church <laughs> made the excuse that uh, oh, this is the Old Testament. It was different back then. Yeah, yeah the rules changed. That was a, yeah. The that was the same thing I heard. Evangelical it's, not okay. it's not okay now. Yeah, see, like nowadays, you can eat pork, but you can't smite your enemies. So. You can eat shrimp, but the gays are still bad. Yeah, so like some good things, some bad things. But you don't pray for bad things to happen to the gays. You just know that it will. Yeah, you don't, like, wish for their loins to shake or anything. Right. <laughs> they might like that. Yeah, they might like that. That's what I was thinking, too. I mean, who doesn't like it when their partner gets their loins to shake? And, I mean, <laughs> like, you, don't need, you don't need to talk about gender or whatever. I mean, everyone loves a good loin shaking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. The Oklahoma Atheist Godcast is produced by the Oklahoma Atheists. The mission of the Oklahoma Atheists is to develop a community of individuals and families who value and promote critical thinking, free thought, reason, and a scientific worldview, and who seek to have a positive effect on the community at large through fellowship, rational discussion, community service, and education. For more information, please visit our website at www.oklahomaatheist.com.